you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Also going to be reading from Genesis chapter 1, John chapter 1, uh, just to get started into what we're going to be talking about tonight. There's a question that I'm going to be uh, perhaps attempting to answer tonight, and it is a question that I would say most of us reach points and times in our life, both good and bad, when we ask ourselves the question, Hopefully you're not asking too many other people this question, but maybe you ask yourself this question, and you may even ask others, how did I end up here? Now, when I'm driving, I do that often. (laughs) How did I end up here? I remember as a young adult, I was working a lot of hours, staying up late, doing a lot of driving, and I'm not quite sure how many hours I had gone without sleep, and was driving one night, and was driving through an area that I had driven through before, but didn't drive through too often, and there was a lot of road construction going, and they were taking a a normal two-lane road, and they were turning it into a four-lane road, and so they, were, they had cleared trees and had built, they were building a, a two-lane road right beside the road that I'm driving on, and eventually, you know, that's going to be two lanes going one direction, and then they move the traffic over there and then over here. Well, somewhere in the middle of the night as I'm driving, I have no idea where, how, when I took the exit that did not exist, but when I woke up. I was driving right through the middle of a bunch of construction equipment on the unpaved road right in the middle of the construction site. I slammed on my brakes, got control. It didn't take me long to wake up. And you know the question I asked myself? How did I end up here? I've asked that question many times. I have been in situations through my life that I've asked, both the good and the bad. There's been moments that I have asked the question, wow, this is incredible. How how could I be so blessed? How did I end up here? And then I've been in situations when I wondered if it could possibly go any worse and 
you've maybe looked your life over and you have considered where you are in life, you've considered what you have done and haven't done, and you wonder why that it's somebody else, not somebody else, why it's you. And you've asked yourself, wow, how did I end up here? How did I end up in this mess? I've looked at my checking account a few times and said, Brother Jerry, how did I end up here? So this is a question that many of us have asked. So I'm going to attempt to answer that question through Scripture tonight. And I want to encourage you and help you to see some things in Scripture tonight. And to recognize how that you ended up where you are. What is it that got me here? In the sorrow, in the grief, in the pain, in the good, in the bad, in the hardship, in the good times. How did I end up here? And where do I go from here? What do I do? How do I, miss, how do I move forward from, from here? These young men are sitting on the front row looking at me tonight with all kind of inspiration and interest because images of a beautiful young lady is rolling through their mind. And they're waiting for the moment that they can look up and say, how did I end up here? It's a question we've all asked. Proverbs chapter 8. People say you can't preach Jesus out of the book of Proverbs, but they have not really looked at the book of Proverbs. While some scholars believe that when you read Proverbs, that every time Proverbs speaks, it is speaking only of wisdom. But there are places in Proverbs that it is speaking beyond wisdom because you can find Jesus in every, in every book of the Bible. And tonight I'm about to read to you from the book of Proverbs, the 8th chapter beginning at verse number 22, and we're going to read not what God says in the beginning. We're, we're, we're going to not see what wisdom is saying, but we're going to see what Jesus actually is the subject matter here. Proverbs 8, verse 22, The Lord possessed me in the beginning of His way before the works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning. Did you see that? From the beginning. Anybody that struggles and has a hard time with the whole idea of the oneness of the Godhead, it is all over this book. Or ever the earth was. Verse 24. When there was no depth, I was brought forth. When there was no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. And when he set the compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, and when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him as one brought up with him. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth. And my delights were with the sons 
of men. This is before the heavens and the earth. This is before, this is before there was a creation. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. For those of you who like to tie the dots through Scripture, we're going to tie a couple of dots together tonight. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. In the beginning, God. Not after the creation of heaven and earth. In the beginning, God. God already was. He, he who, who is without days. He who hath no beginning and hath no ending. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But I want you to understand this, and if you stay with me just for a moment, I feel like these scriptures is going to speak some things to you. And, and I know maybe we may be taking a little complicated route to say something very simple tonight. To try to answer the question of how you ended up where you are. But before we find out how you ended up where you are, I want you to find out how the earth got where it is and to understand that before the beginning, God already was there. And before we're done tonight, we're going to see that before you ever got to where you are, God was already there. Before you ever felt the pain, the suffering, the grief, the sorrow, God was already there. Before the foundations of the earth, He was already there. There was a plan. It was in the mind of God. That's what the scripture is pointing out. This is what Proverbs is beginning to say. Before the hills and the mountains, I was already there. Somebody said, no, Jesus came. We can find Jesus in the gospels. We find where he was born of a virgin. But in the mind and in the plan of God, he already was. He was in the plan of God. He was in the mind of God. He was from before the beginning, before the heavens and the earth. God already was. Before the heavens and the earth, He already had planned the way to save mankind. Let's go to John chapter 1, verse number 1. It's a big parallel you can hardly read Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1 without reading John chapter 1, verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God in the beginning. The Word already was with God. And the Word was God. Now you got to understand this. Was all you all you scholarly people in the room were the the, the word was was is a verb and it speaks of past tense. It's about all I know about English. So was is a verb that speaks in the past tense, meaning that it already has existed or already has happened. In the beginning, was, past tense. 
Everybody with me now? In the beginning, at the point of beginning, was past tense. So at the beginning, there already was a past tense. Am I okay with everybody right now? In the beginning, there was already a past tense, meaning there was this word that John chapter 1 begins to talk about. Now this word, word, comes from a Greek word which means logos. Very basic teaching here tonight. Everybody say the word logos. In the beginning was the logos. That's the actual word. In the beginning was the logos. Say that with me. In the beginning was the logos. That Greek word logos actually means plan. I want you to say that with me. Logos means plan. I want you to get this. So in the beginning was a plan. So at the point of beginning, Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God created. But before God created, there was already a plan. Am I okay? Before God created, there was already a plan. The great architect had already put together a plan. In the beginning was the plan, the Logos, the Word. And the Word, the plan, the Logos was with God. So before there was a beginning, there was a plan, and the plan was with God. Everybody with me? And the plan, the Logos, the Word, was, past tense, God. Trying to let it settle in just for a second. So in the beginning was the plan, the past tense was, that plan was, God was with God and the plan was God. God already put the plan into existence before there was ever a word uttered, before there was light before there was a sun, before there were stars, before the earth was formed, before anything was divided, light from darkness, water from dry land. The plan of God already was in existence. So in the mind of God, God was already ahead of all creation. This is where Science can become very confused trying to figure it all out and plan it all out. There has to be faith to believe in the beginning God already was and He already had a plan. He already was 
the plan. Mm, get that, he was the plan. He was the plan. The plan. The first plan, the first plan was a rule, was a, a list of rules and laws and regulations. It was the law of God. Then there was the law of Moses. These laws, of course, was to try to perfect man, to try to save man, to try to redeem man, to try to get man back in right relationship with God. But truly, all of these was nothing more than to prove that man could not do it on his own. Only one way can he do it, and that's through the Creator, who was the mastermind of the plan. So in the beginning, before God ever spoke heaven and earth, before he ever formed man, he already had a plan. And the plan was to save you and to save me. The plan already was. The plan was with God. But get this, ready? And the plan was God. God. Not little God, not a triune God, single. The plan was God. Let, let me ask you something. Let me, just, let me just minimize this window here for a minute. We're going to come back to that. How many of you would like for God to speak really clearly to you concerning some things in your life. You would like for God just, you know, the handwriting on the wall kind of thing. My, uh, we, we laugh often as Gentry tells the story. My wife went through a little time oh, about 10 years ago when I guess it was popular and cool. I don't know where she found it. But she would go to Hobby Lobby and they had all these scriptures and writings and sayings and they were printed out on these stencils and you could buy these stencils and you could roll that stencil out and then do, you know, it's the peel and stick thing. And so you could put a scripture on your wall. Some of you may remember the Delphi Avenue building in my office. I had a scripture on the wall and my wife did that for me uh, during that time that she was putting scriptures everywhere. And many of you know the story, Gentry was 16, he had an accident, and he was in very, very bad physical shape for uh, a few days, and he was on the couch, and he woke up somewhere between him going to sleep, probably under strong pain medication, and the influence of the pain medication had him in a deep sleep somewhere between going to sleep and waking up. Evidently, my wife must have decided to put a stencil scripture on the wall. And when Gentry woke up, he opened his eyes to see a big scripture written on the wall. If you heard him tell the story or if you've ever heard him tell the story, it's quite funny. 
as he woke up dealing with a lot of mental and emotional and physical trauma. And he woke up and literally started talking to the Lord and began to say something along the lines of, God, I, I see what you're saying to me right now. Well, it's still on the wall. It's still there. God's still saying it. How many of you would like for God just to give you some answers to some things in life? Maybe you just, you know, you look up and there it is written on the wall. Maybe an audible voice when you're praying, God just speaks to you and says this is the way it is. He does that, but he doesn't do that too often. A lot of times he leaves it to our judgment and, and we sometimes use poor judgment or make bad decisions, uh, particularly when we don't follow counsel or do the right, just... So, so we, we, all, uh, we all oftentimes are looking for answers. We're looking for answers. We're looking for answers. And we're trying to figure it out. And I know sometimes I, I, I kind of frustrate. My boys have been frustrated a few times. And uh, sometimes working with me can be frustrating. I understand that. I make decisions very slowly. Particularly when it comes to very serious, lifelong decisions. I can make swift decisions, but swift decisions I will only make if it's only affecting me, but particularly when it's affecting the church or affecting others. I often will weigh, seek counsel, take some time, pray about it, and try to spend a great deal of time. And then when my mind's made up, I'm really stubborn about making my decision. And I'm really, really strong about it. And sometimes I just have questions. I can't reach the decision. And then I'm driving down the road or I'm laying in bed. Sometimes I'm asleep and wake up in the middle of the night and I wake my wife up because I'm fumbling, turning on lights, and she's like, my goodness, what's going on? Are you okay? Are you sick? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm trying to find my computer. Why are you on your computer at 3 a.m.? And I said, i got to write something down. Because if I don't, I'll forget it when I wake up at 6. And I write it down and think, wow, this is so profound. And then when I wake up at 6 o'clock and I look at what I wrote, I'm like, that is the simplest thing. Why haven't I seen that before? It wasn't anything profound. It was simple. But there it was right in front of my eyes. Or driving down the road and it's like the lights come on and all of a sudden you see. My hope. My hope tonight in this Bible study is by the time I'm done in the next 15 or 20 minutes that a light is going to come on in somebody's life and you're going to recognize how you got to where you are. How you ended up here. And it's going to seem, you, you may even feel, wow, do I ever more feel dumb for ever questioning how, how I got here. How strange of me to even question how I ended up here. The issue is, is that God has always been ahead of us. No matter what has ever happened, don't ever think that God is behind and He's trying to figure out what's going to happen and what He's got to do next. 
When the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray, he said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In that, we're, we're, we're like, ah, okay, what is that supposed to mean? God, here's what I want you to do. Lord, you may not know this, but I got this need. And God, here's how I want you to fix this. Now, I've got this financial need, and if you'll give me a pay raise and you'll do this and you'll do that, then I can do this and I can do that. And we start telling God how we want Him to do it. First off, God already knows where you are. I'm not telling you not to tell God about your problems, but be careful because sometimes in praying, we start telling God things that we think He doesn't already know. Hey, God, in case you don't know, over there at 650 East Armstrong Street, my wife, Lord, is sick tonight. She's suffering. Like he doesn't already know. God, I'm really going through some things. I am mentally and emotionally and physically worn out, weary and tired. God, I don't know if I can handle anymore. God, my, my family, my kids. He already knew. You're not ahead of him telling him about something that he didn't already know. He already knew about it. So be careful in our approach to Him. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Changes the whole idea of our prayer. God, I know that you already know what I'm going through. Lord, I, I know that you already know the sickness, but your word says we have not because we ask not. So God, I'm going to ask you, would you do this? Would you meet this need? Would you heal my wife? Would you take care of this problem? It's a whole different approach. The deal is is sometimes our approach, even in our prayer, reveals the fact that we think we are ahead of God. And then we get places and we're like, how did I end up here? And God's like, I don't know. You ever ask yourself that question? Brother Evan, have you ever asked yourself how? Did I end up here? Let me ask you another question. Run up here, Brother Evan. you got to be in front of everybody when I do this. I'm going to embarrass you. Have you ever done that? Have you ever said, how did I end up here? Look out there. Look, look at this face. He asked, how did I end up here? He, he's, he's guilty. He's done that. He's done that. You do that very often? Yeah, probably so. Brother Evan, are you a good man? Are you a good man? Do you think the Lord considers you a good man? You do? That's a for sure yes. They need to see that head nod. Yes. If I told you that the Word of God says the steps of a good man are what? Ordered of the Lord. Ordered of the Lord. You know how you got there? 
It was ordered of the Lord. How did I end up here, God? Because I ordered your steps to get you there. No, thank you, Brother Emma. No, he doesn't order your steps into sin. No, he doesn't order your steps into chaos and poor decisions. But when a good man is seeking God and walking upright before God, the Bible teaches me that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Meaning, I'm not saying, oh, I just hate this life of mine. I'm just, I'm dreading. Of course we're going to go through struggles. Of course we're going to go through tests. But your steps are ordered of the Lord. You didn't show up and get here and then look back and say, hey God, by the way, woohoo, over here. I'm over here. God says, I know. I sent you there. I ordered your steps there. I directed your path there. I'm the reason you're there. You're not the reason you're there. I, God, am the reason you're there because I chose to send you there. There's all sorts of scriptures and passages. We can go in and look at Nineveh when God told Jonah to go down to Nineveh. But he chose to go against what God wanted. He asked the question, how did I end up here? He knew how he ended up there. In the belly of the great fish. You know how he ended up there? He ended up in the belly of the great fish. Because he didn't do what God told him to do. God had a plan for him. The plan was already in place and God even directed and showed and told him what it was that he was supposed to do. But instead, he went his own way and ended up in the belly of a fish and had to cry out to God from the belly of a fish. And God said, I knew he was going to do that all along. So I planned the fish because before the belly of the fish was a storm that God already knew about. And some angry shipmates that God already knew about that were going to throw him over into the water that God already knew about. So the Bible said God prepared a great fish. Everybody said God prepared it. God planned it. In the beginning, before he ever got there, God already planned it. He already knew that Jonah was going to go his own way. He already knew that Jonah was going to, going to rebel against his will. He already knew there were going to be angry shipmates and there was going to be a raging storm. He already knew Jonah was going to get thrown over. So he said, all right, all the things that Jonah can't control, I'll take care of. Fish, you go here. You have a sensatious appetite ready to eat a full-grown man. God planned it. He didn't plan his failure. He planned his rescue. He knew. He knew about his failure, but he planned his rescue. Oh, I hope I'm ministering to somebody right now. God didn't cause your sin. God didn't lead to your failure. Your decision going against God, going against the will of God, may have ended you up where you are. 
And when you said, how did I end up here? The question you got to ask is, is it my own will that ended me up where I am? But even if it's your own will, all you got to do is cry out from the belly of the fish and God will send. There may be a whale. You may not automatically end up dressed in a suit and tie ready for a photo op and a Facebook picture on the seashore. You may have to go through the belly of a fish, but God's going to save your life and his will is going to be done in your life. Because he already knew that you were going to fail and he planned your rescue. Woo! And when you reach the highlight of life, I've been blessed. I've preached on some great platforms. I've stood in some great churches. I've been blessed in ministry. I have done more, been more places than I ever dreamed that I would do. When I was the age of these young men, I would have never dreamed it. When I was the age of these men, I asked God for ministry. Never ask Him to take me to the places that He's taken me to. In those moments of me standing there with my knees knocking afraid and wondering, can I do this? And I've asked that question, how did I end up here? And sometimes I hear the voice of God say back to me, keep on asking that question because it wasn't because you're talented, good, or worthy. But it's because I had a plan for you all along. It doesn't matter for you, for you, for you, for you, or for you. It does not matter. There is a plan that God has. And before you ever got to where you are, God's plan was already working. And before you ever, before you ever got to where you are, the plan of God was already in place. The plan to redeem humanity was already in place. Because before there ever was a word, there was a plan. Before there was ever a spoken word, let there be, there already was a plan. And every time that you start praying and saying, God, send me a word. God, I need a word. I want you to hear this preacher tonight telling you, God already has a plan in place. We need to spend more time saying, not my will, your will. God, I know you know where I am. I'm praying your will to be done. And I'm trusting the fact that I'm in the center of your will. And if you, you know whether you are or not, you know whether you're on your way doing what God's called you to do or whether you've taken a ship to go somewhere that God never intended for you to go. You know whether you're living in sin or living righteous. I don't have to tell you. Nobody, God doesn't have to send a prophet to call that out in you. You already know where you're living and how you're living. But no matter where you are, God, it's God's plan that brought you to every good thing, every blessing, everything that you have in life came from God. Every good gift came from the Father above. Not because you're good not because you're worthy. And no matter today whether you feel like you're living where God wants you to live, whether you're pleasing God in all of your ways, even if you're living in sin and have 
sin in your life tonight, God still has a plan, and that plan is ahead of you. God always has a plan to redeem. He always has a plan to bring you back. Your failure is never bigger than God's plan. Your failure is never bigger than God's plan. God's got a plan. His plan precedes every word of prophecy that's been spoken to you. When he spoke in generalities of fowl and fish, he already had planned out what types to be, there would be. When God formed fish, the Bible doesn't go into detail and said, God said, let there be trout and sea bass and catfish. And so we think, oh, so it all just happened. No, that was all before the beginning. That was the plan. That was the detail. He already had it. And in your life tonight, God already has the detail. Young ladies, listen. You don't have to worry about the young man that God has for you. He already has a plan. Follow his will. Don't pray your own will, pray his will. Don't pray your own plan. I know you have in mind exactly who you think that ought to be, but you need to pray and say, God, who is it? You reveal it, and you let it unfold. You don't have to go to the world looking for it. You can get out of the will of God. God has a plan for every one of you. He already knows. He's way ahead of you. He knows the details. He knows every struggle. And so where you are tonight and what you're going through tonight, you're not ahead of God. God is right there. And He was there before you ever got there. Before you ever got in the mess, He already knew about your failure. And that's why He had already made a way of escape. In every temptation, He has always made a way of escape. And not just generalities. Even in detail. Every star in its position, every planet in its position. The reason that all of the planets and galaxies are not all bouncing around and knocking off of one another is because God had a plan. Before he ever spoke and said, let there be, he already had a plan. He had already detailed it way before he ever formed it and created and put it into existence. And he's got a plan for your life. Somebody in this room tonight may feel like, hey, I've got a call of God on my life. I've got a ministry. I've got a future. I've got all these things. Just hang in there. It's God's plan. Just let Him unfold it. If you're not careful, you'll think you're ahead of God. You don't try it. Don't try to get ahead of it. Just let it, just let it unfold. When He's ready, He'll unfold it. He'll open the door when He's ready to open the door. He'll make a way when He's ready to make a way. Don't try to rush it. His plan was already there for you. So what God is doing in real time tonight, He has already done in the plan, in the Logos. The great architect has already in your life already designed it. Somebody said, oh, so that means that every time I sin, God had already designed it for me to sin? No. But He did give you a choice and a will. And He also made a way of escape and He's found a way to recover you and to bring you back. But he's left you a choice, so it's up to you. 
when God began to plan your life, he already knew the kind of grace that you were going to need. He already knew the kind of mercy that you were going to need. And tonight where you are, I want you to understand that God already knew. Oh, nobody knows what I'm going through. I may not know, and the people you're talking to may not know, and your family and closest friends may not know, but God already knew. Because before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, He already knew you. What did He know about you at that time? He knew how tall you were going to be, how short you were going to be, how pretty you were going to be, how ugly you were going to be. He knew everything about you. He knew every step of your life. And in every situation, He's always been a step ahead of you with His plan to rescue you and to save you because His plan from the beginning was always to do good in your life. I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Those plans are not to destroy you and kill you and to wreck your life, but the plans God has for you is to give you hope and to give you a future and for your life to end up better than you could have ever planned it. Young people sitting in this room tonight, pastors worked real hard tonight to try to bridge that gap between our seniors, our middle-agers, and our youth try to reach everybody in this room, but I want to speak to you just for a moment as I'm closing. I want you to understand that no matter where you are in life, God's plan has always been ahead of you. Don't ever reach the point of giving up and feeling like, well, I'm going to throw in the towel because nobody ever knew where I was. God always knew. He was always ahead and he was always making a way for you. Even today, right where you are. He already knew your name. He knew what you were going to face. He knew the emotions you were going to deal with. He knew the loss. He knew the pain. Somebody in the room tonight may say, how in the world? Pastor, how can you stand there? Are you telling me that in all the faithful and wonderful and great things that my wife has done, works of ministry and people she's blessed and God knew? Why didn't God keep her from cancer? I think she answered that question to you when she told you about even receiving the diagnosis of cancer. She said, I'm not going to ask why. I'm just going to ask who. Who is it that God is going to reach through me? When you're going through struggle and difficult times, pain and anguish and loss, even death. I have friends tonight in Anderson that are facing a funeral tomorrow. For Brother R.B. Bingham, Brother Luke St. Clair, Brother R.B. Bingham's grandson called me the other day and he was weeping on the phone in the pain and the anguish that he's feeling. Why? Why do we have to go through these things? It's all part of life. It's all part of God's plan. I don't have every answer. I have an uncle in the hospital in Beaumont, Texas tonight. My cousin called me last night 
And then again today, my brother called after speaking with her. He said, Uncle Larry only has a short time left unless there's a miracle. The family's grieving and dealing with pain and anguish and people are saying, why? Why all of these things? It's all part of life. And there's some things we'll never be able to explain. But this much I know, on the worst day of your life, God has enough grace to see you through. He didn't leave you without it. He didn't leave you without help. He didn't leave you without hope. He's not going to leave you in your sickness, not going to leave you in your grief, not going to leave you in your despair, because before you ever got in that, God's plan already had a way of seeing you through and out the other side. Stand with me all over the building tonight. Maybe some would like to pray here just for a few moments before we go home. There's you and me. If God could plan it all and put the galaxies and universe together, He could form salvation and He could plan all of these things. He certainly could plan our lives. He would know right where you are tonight. He's not caught off guard by it. He's not struggling with what you're struggling with. Because before the worlds were framed, He was already there in the plan and already working it for your good. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We spend most of our days looking for some special word to give us direction. Here's your word tonight. God's plan is with you. He's there. He's ordering your steps. Just step in and trust His plan and let it unfold. Romans chapter 8 verse 28. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to His purpose. I'm speaking to somebody today who needed to hear that God already had the plan worked out in your life. He knew where society was going to be. But listen, the kingdom of God is not connected to the kingdom of this world. Let the world do what it wants to do. Let politics do what it wants to do. I'm not interested. I'm interested in one thing, and that is making heaven my home. I'm reaching to him tonight. Hands lifted all over the room right now. The scripture teaches even the hairs of your head are numbered. He knows even those kind of details about you. Your answer, your direction may come quickly, but then for others it may come very slow, and for some it may feel like it's too late, but God's plan was already there. He already knew, and He's making a way for you. Somebody would like to pray tonight. I'm going to open these altars. Maybe you'd just like to walk to the front of this room and just lift your hands right now toward heaven and just begin to cry out to the Lord and just say to Him, Lord, I don't know how I ended up where I am, but I'm trusting your plan. I'm trusting your will. I'm trusting, Lord, I'm just going to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm just going to keep walking. I'm just going to keep living for you. Just going to keep pleasing you. Going to just keep walking, being faithful, trusting your plan. He's working it for your good. There's favor. There's favor for you. No matter what your dilemma is, 
God's got a plan. He said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. He said, I am your refuge and your strength. He said, I am your strong tower. He said, I am your deliverer. He said, I am your peace and I am the Prince of Peace. He said, I am with you always. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. You need an open door tonight? He said, I am the door. I am the chief cornerstone. I am the good shepherd. I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. But I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. Come on, trust his plan. Trust his plan. Seek the Lord right now. All over the room, let's just seek him tonight. Lord, we trust your plan.